Welcome back to another day here in Whiteland, Indiana, the Chit Chat with Corley podcast. I am your host, the man behind the radio TV program, Lucas Corley. And today, joined by a member of our golf team, a former basketball player, a Hoosier fan, Mr. William Davis. Well, thanks so much for joining us on the pod. Yeah, no problem. Excited to uh, talk about Indiana. Yeah, well, I think we'll we'll get there first. I want to start off, uh, I mentioned when we had Haley on that, I would uh, kind of explain how I uh, came to know each student that, that we have on the podcast. Will, you were actually someone that I didn't really know until late last year. Um, I was making all these graphics, Davis medals again, Davis medals again, Davis medals again. Really, the nice thing was I didn't have to change the graphics up too much because you kept, you kept meddling. Um, but got a chance to go out and watch you play in the county and then in the sectional and uh, kind of that was when I, I first got to know you. So talk about, let's start with just last year's uh, junior season. It seemed like that was a, a pretty big breakout year for you. Yeah, last year, like you said, Davis Mills, we struggled as a team, but um, I made I made some big strides myself. Um, you know, I played second at county. I think I only got beat three times, and one of them was by a uh, Division One golfer. So and, uh, you know, starting off the season, I didn't – not many people knew, but I had a herniated disc in my back. Um, so I had to overcome that early in my season. But, um, you know, my coach came home from Florida, and I worked with him for about a month straight. And, uh, like I said, I made some big strides in my golf game. And uh, this year uh, I, I'm looking for a lot of improvement from last year and um, a lot of wins, hopefully, for the team as well. What are some of the things that if you're going through the off season, you know, it's not like we live in the warmest area of the country where you're like, okay, I'm just going to keep hitting the course all through, you know, November through February. So what have you been doing in the last few months just to uh, continue to improve? Yeah. So like I said, I have a swing coach. He's, he's in Indiana from about April to November when we have our good months when it's warm. And then he has a house in Florida that he goes to. He, uh, him and his wife, they have like a condo or whatever down there. And uh, he has a simulator. It was his retirement present. And so he That's gave a nice me. retirement present. Yeah. He's got a simulator, uh, putting green, uh, camera, computer. So everything I really need to myself. He gave me his access to it. So, you know, I go over there probably four times a week, um, hit into a simulator. Um, like I said, he's got videos. So I look at my swing. He gives me, I send him videos and he'll tell me, you know, this is what you need to work on. This is what you need to look at. And, um, so that's what I've been doing. He's also, like I said, got a putting green. He's got uh, 10, 15 different tools that I use to work on a clean putting stroke. And uh, just I really try to clean up the small things, the nice little details that can actually end up having a big effect. And uh, this year, not playing basketball, I think I've made some huge progress with my game. Um, being over there, like I said, four or five, sometimes six times a week, um, I find every time I'm over there, nothing nothing that is dragging me down, but something that can always improve. Now, you mentioned basketball, and for those that know Will, uh, last year on the JV team was like Mr. Splash Brother, the third Splash Brother, just poster, you know, posted up over there in the corner, hit him in, uh, hit him in stride, and boom, he's knocking it down. Now, I've had a chance to talk to Coach King, and he said that one thing that he loves about you is even though you're not playing, you're still right there front and center. So what is it about basketball that keeps you coming back? Um, just the guys I've met playing. I've met some of my best friends playing there. And it's just a sport where I'm, I don't feel too stressed. It's just, you know, go out and have fun. Obviously, if you don't hit your shots, it's not going to be the best game. You're not going to have the most fun. But, you know, when I find myself out there hitting shots, which hopefully I do a lot, 
um, it's just fun running up and down with my friends. Um, and, you know, I have a good relationship with the coaches. So it's just something that I enjoy. You know, it's funny because you say not hitting shots makes it not a very fun day. That's me in golf. And that's every time I go out there. I'm not hitting many shots. So, um, but we, we're excited to, to see you back in action. And, and it sounds like we might have some new talent, some fresh meat joining the team this year. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I think um, this year is going to be much different from last year. You know, last year we had a lot of underclassmen, uh, only one senior. But this year, um, a couple of my good friends, uh, Dylan Gross, Max Sullivan, Quinn Warweg, um, they've made a lot of progress just picking up golf last year and uh, around the summertime. They, um, you know, mid-40s, hopefully, a um, couple of them high 30s. Um, they've really been working on their game with me. Uh, we just go play a lot, you know. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking the team could, ha could make an impact this year on uh, conference, county, even making out of sectionals. And obviously, we we have another change. It's the man up top. It's uh, Coach Morin retired, and now it is Mr. Webby, uh, Adam Webb, the new head coach for the boys' golf team. What are the kind of the initial conversations? What have they been like with him? Well, Webb, out of my four years here, Webb's going to be one of my top three favorite teachers I've ever had. I've had him for engineering, manufacturing, construction. So I already had a pretty good relationship with him. And, you know, as soon as Coach Morin texted me and told me, you know, I'm going to step down here next week, I immediately went to Webb because uh, I talked about him sophomore year maybe. He said he's moved on to Dye's Walk and got interested in golf. So um, I didn't know if it was something to have interest in, but I thought I'd bring it up to him. And, you know, Edens and them kind of talked, and he took it from there. So, yeah, I'm excited for him to be a part of the team. It should be a fun experience for us as players and him as a coach. He's a little camera shy. We'll say we've tried to get him on some interviews. And he's like, no, it's not golf season yet. Wait till we're <laughs> actually out there playing. So he just is like so anti-camera right now. I said, well, hey, you're the you're the head man now. You've got to be you know, in front of the cameras, in front of the lights. So, um, But, no, we're excited for him as well. But now shifting gears a little bit, let's, let's talk about what we've been kind of talking about on Twitter a little bit is IU basketball. We're in a basketball state. I grew up. You know, Indiana fan, down southern Indiana, people think, why aren't you a Louisville fan? Don't even get me started on that. But right here in the heart of Hoosier country, tell me a bit about you becoming an IU fan from the course of being, you know, uh, a kid to, to now. Well, my mom went to Indiana for college, and uh, my dad didn't go to college, but my, my uh, mom went to Indiana. So we've all kind of – my parents have been, you know, IU fans, watching their games, supporting them. But I kind of – I really caught on to Indiana when uh, Watford and Farrell came through. Um, they made a run there, not only in the Big Ten, but in the tournament. And um, ever since then, I've I've just uh, been full out, I guess, Indiana. And uh, my dad, ever since the Woodson hire, he's been as interested as you can be. He's, he's wanted to change for a while now with Archie gone. He was never really a big fan of him, but – it's just something that uh, just kind of runs in the family, I guess, with my mom going there. Let's start then with Woody. So do you think – let's start with that that whole process. Because when I was there at IU as well, I'm an IU grad. When I was at IU, we had Tom Crean. And then towards the end, we were getting a little Tom Crean fatigue. And we got rid of him, I believe it was my first year out of college. They get Archie. And I'm, I was very excited about the hire. What was your thoughts whenever Archie got hired? So I know that would probably been about, what, five years ago? So you'd have been around – 12, 13 years old. Do you remember what your kind of thoughts were when they first got Archie? Yeah, I remember, like like you said, Tom Crean being the coach. I was a big fan of his. I thought he did great here. And then, like you said, 
a couple or maybe a year or two before he got fired or left. Um, there was a little bit of down season, I guess. And um, I was just like I am now. I was excited for a change, and I thought I was excited to see what Archie could bring to our program. But now we are with Mike Woodson. In the this whole summer, I think every time the job opens up, everyone knows the first name that's going to pop up, Brad Stevens. Were you one of the people that thought, man, this might be the time that he comes? Uh, I'm not sure. Did Brad Stevens go to Indiana? He did not. He did not. But he grew up an Indiana fan. He obviously had the success at Butler. So he's an Indiana native. But he's, yeah. been, at, he's been at the Celtics since he left Butler. So, he, I mean, he's not been around the college game for quite some time. Yeah. Uh, me and my dad kind of talked about this. We wanted to see somebody who was who graduated from Indiana, who knew the program, who went there, who played there. Um, just somebody who kind of knew the system, I guess, was, was something we were looking for. But obviously Brad Stevens has had major success, college and NBA level. So obviously it wouldn't have hurt. But our biggest thing, with me and my dad, we were just looking forward to seeing somebody who graduated from Indiana. So you are – you're both big Mike Woodson fans, then. Yeah, we we uh, we were excited about him, especially because he had the, that NBA experience, so he knows what it's like to win and um, how to develop these younger guys. Now, I don't want to be the Indiana fan that we're not even a full season through has Mike Woodson doubts because I don't. That's not the case, but there have definitely been some times this year where I would think maybe you would agree that the patience has been tested. You even once tweeted at me, "This team is no good." This team is bad or something along those lines. How can you explain that? That's Is that the frustrated will coming out? Uh, it just – Indiana basketball can really affect your mental health. <laughs> and um, That when, is putting it mildly. Yeah. When So, a good cool story. The other night when they were playing um, Minnesota, they got up, I think, 20, 26, 28 or something late in the game, eight minutes ago. So, I turned it to um, – I think it was the Pacers or maybe the Warriors. I turned it to the Warriors game. And uh, my dad yelled at me about 10 minutes later and said, it's down to eight. So then I turned it back. And then I think they went up 10 with a couple minutes left. So I turned it back. And then it's just, uh, it's, it's a never ending thing. I've seen a triangle on Twitter about how, as an Indiana fan, you get. I get my hopes up. Or it's like, I get my hopes up. They get crushed. And then what's the bottom one? It's, I start to um, believe again. I, I start get, to believe again. I start to believe again. I get my hopes up. They get crushed. Yeah, yeah. the triangle. That's kind of, that's like. That just says Indiana basketball over it. You know, you, you beat Purdue. And then I knew, I thought that Michigan game after Purdue was going to be the toughest game of the season. Following up a big win at home was going to be um, something that I knew was going to be hard, but I thought that definitely they would get it done. And they just got crushed. And then they had that streak of, I think, four straight games against ranked opponents. Mm -hmm. And they lost every single one of them. So that's when I really started was like, this season's over. Yeah. And then they bounce back now with two straight wins, so we'll see. Yeah, there was a season with Archie, and I'm trying to remember which one. I want to say it was the 2018, 19, maybe. It was one of those seasons. Maybe it was uh, the 1819 season or 1920. 1920, 2021. Yeah, it might have been 1920 that they had the stretch where they lost like eight or nine straight. And that was probably the most trying time, or maybe it was like seven out of nine. It was something crazy. But that probably was the most trying time for me recently as a Hoosier fan because I'm just like, oh, my God, we cannot win a game. And my boss at the time, I was working back in Louisville, said, he's like, don't worry, Lucas. Like, there's no way they lose to Rutgers. Because the Rutgers at the time still was not great. Don't worry. There's no way they lose to Rutgers. We lose to Rutgers. Don't worry. There's no way they lose to Northwestern. We lose to Northwestern. Don't worry. No way they possibly lose to Penn State. We lose to Penn State. And then it was, okay, yeah, you're going to lose to Michigan State. 
and then we beat Michigan State. So I was like, okay, we need some more of that reverse psychology. Yeah. But yeah, this this past stretch of five, I think, really put us in a weird place where I think you would agree that through most of the part of the season, people thought, yeah, we're going to be in. Especially when we were sitting around 12 wins in December, I looked at some stats and it's like, okay, typically when they get to that mark, they're safe into the tournament. But that stretch of five has put us in a tough spot here at the end of the year. Yeah, especially you know when they they won some Big Ten games early early in the season, they were up thirty some, twenty eight some on Wisconsin and blew that. But then when they beat Purdue, the number four team in the country, and their their record was I think at that time maybe three games above five hundred, seven and four. And then so there you're thinking you know now we're trying to improve our seating. And then all of a sudden, now you're in the first four in, or the last four in. So definitely a, a swing of um, events, I guess, throughout the season. So what are your, and we'll have this podcast, I'll have it out tomorrow, so we'll make sure it's out before this Rutgers game. What are your thought, your prospects, your thoughts going into the final home game of the year? You mentioned kind of off the air that it is senior day or senior night, so hopefully that factors in. But Rutgers, is, they've cooled off a little bit, but they're uh, they're a pretty tough team. Yeah, definitely. I saw I didn't even know Rutgers was any good until they beat um maybe Michigan State and then Purdue back to back and it and then I looked and it ended up being four rank straight ranked opponents. So but I yeah, uh senior day, senior night always should normally have an impact college, high school, um, on the game energy wise. So I'm I'm hoping that um, you know, a lot of a lot of energy in the hall and um the players obviously underclassmen are always playing for their seniors that night and you know senior night is always or senior day I guess is always the day that you want to get the win for your teammates so hopefully they're they're giving it everything they have so speaking of some of the players who would you say is the player that maybe has surprised you the most for Indiana this year and whether that be a newcomer a, a veteran who's been the player that maybe has kind of stuck out to you as like someone that you're like okay wow that's they've they've surprised me um at times Xavier Johnson I think he is um, they call him X. I think he's the X factor to our team. I think you've seen the last two games he's put up, I think I saw last night, maybe 14 assists and four turnovers in the last two games. And they've both of them have been convincing wins. Well, should have been a convincing yeah, I was win. I say Minnesota. Eh. But um, when, he's, when he's playing well, and I think uh, against Maryland he was like eight for eight from the field. When he plays like that, I, don't, I mean, Indiana's going to be a tough team to beat. But when he is not playing well, when he's turning the ball over and he's got, you know, only two two assists in three games, two games, they really struggle. And um, another guy that surprised me in a bad way is Miller Cop. I think being a transfer from Northwestern, although it is Northwestern, not one of the bigger teams, um, he was known to be a knockdown shooter, lethal. Uh, he really – he is not impressed this year. He had that big game against uh, Syracuse mm-hmm. early in the season. But he is. It's it's been rough to see him get going lately, and uh, I think I saw him hit a shot last night. I think he finished with eight against Minnesota, maybe. Yeah, or two nights ago. Um, and the commentator said, hopefully that gets him going. And then uh, he missed a couple shots in a row. So ever since that uh, Syracuse game, I really haven't seen him get going, and it's been a little frustrating to see. Yeah, that's been the most baffling. I think if I was pointing to one thing that I I, I scratch my head and I, I ask, you know, hey, you're the head coach, but Woody, what are you thinking? Is Miller Cop, everyone was so high on Miller Cop. Come like we thought he would be the the X factor of this team, the guy that can be kind of the 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 knockdown shooter, almost like a Colin Hartman in a way is what I was thinking. The guy that and Colin Hartman had a, a you know 
for all intents and purposes, had a pretty bad senior year himself when his role expanded, but kind of that guy that would really make a difference. I didn't expect him to even be a starter, honestly, but Cobb gets a starting role, and like you said, okay, well, he's slow out the gate, but he'll, he'll get it, and he never got it. And the one thing that's confusing is, yeah, you mentioned he comes from Northwestern, but Northwestern is still playing other Big Ten schools, and he was having good good games last year, and that's just not been the case this year. So my question for you is, is Miller Cop does he deserve to be a member of the starting five? And if not, what would your starting five be? Um, yeah, I think he's really – I mean, to be to be a starter in the Big Ten, you have to be a good player. And not only is he starting at Indiana, he's starting at Northwestern. So he's, he's a good player. But if I had to make a choice, I would move um, – I think Tamar Bates is a really good player. He went he was in he was committed to Texas and then um Shaka Smart left. Show so that just shows he has potential. And he showed at times this year, I think it was Michigan State. He had um a couple jumpers back to back, some rebounds, and um I think he has he is he has great potential. He I mean he's lengthy, he can shoot. He's fast. He knows how to pass. He just looks like he knows how to play. So I think if I would move anybody in, I'll, maybe not right now because he's young. He's a, he's a freshman. But um, I, I think if I had to go with anybody, I'd say probably Tamar Bates. Yeah, I think Tamar Bates, one thing that holds him back is he's not getting enough minutes to actually get going. So he goes in, he misses a couple of shots, and it's all of a sudden like, wow, he's not performing. But maybe if you leave him a little bit longer, he makes his next two, right? We never get to see what would happen if he got a little bit more run. We saw a little bit of that, I think, in the Purdue game when he started to play a little bit more, and there was you know, that run. That, that was the most surprising run of the entire season when Trace Jackson Davis was on the bench. I think Xavier Johnson was on the bench, and we just had this weird run like where we went, like, what, 15-6 run or something crazy like that. But, uh, no, I agree with you, Tamar Bates. The one name that I like to always throw out there is Jordan Geronimo, just his athleticism. Yeah. He can jump out of the gym. He's a great defender. He's a shot blocker. He can shoot the three decently, not necessarily a high, high percentage but he can knock down some threes. But right now I just feel like Miller Cop's not giving you much on either end, and that's kind of the head-scratchers we get here towards the, the crunch time of the season. Yeah, uh, you mentioned on both ends, Miller has definitely struggled. There's been times he's you just watch and he just gets blown past where I think you said Jordan Geronimo. He, um, he's absurdly athletic. I mean, I think his head can get to the rim. But he's another guy where if you throw in off the bench, uh, he's not – He's not going to let you down offensively or defensively, where I think that that's a major upside to, uh, to Miller Cop. Let's bring it back local here as well. Guy that everyone knows, went to Center Grove, Trace Jackson Davis. What are your thoughts on his season so far this year? Uh, for me, it seems like there's been times where he's been better than last year's Trace, and there's been times where he's looked far worse than last year's Trace overall. Your thoughts on Trace Jackson Davis? Yeah, I'm not very impressed at all. You know, this guy, he was – um, he was put on the All Big Ten team before the season, uh, All American, and you know you expected much more, or a lot of people expected much more. I guess he's had his games, but um, he struggled. I mean, he's still he hasn't shot the ball well outside of the paint. He's not a very good free throw shooter, and um, you know I think some of our biggest wins have come when he's when he's been on the bench. Purdue, our biggest win of the season, he only played maybe ten minutes. I can't remember exactly. But he was in foul trouble, and um, I just I think one of his major downfalls is he's just not very strong. When he goes up against uh, Kofi Cockburn from Illinois, or EJ Liddell from Ohio State, or uh, or Zed Key from 
Zed Key from Ohio State, I believe, and then even Zach Eady from Purdue. He just looks so much smaller, and he's so slim. So I think when he gets the ball down low, he's only got his left hand right now to where if he if he tries to make a move and get under the basket or something, he's just not strong enough compared to some of these guys who have been in the weight room, who have been in the in college basketball for more for um, more years than him. Yeah, and even that, like you said, it's he's not really blowing guys away whenever he gets an air contacts made he's usually the one falling back not necessarily knocking them back and able to finish a lot of the shots still think he's a great asset to the team no doubt about that but i'll be interested to see if he stays another year now speaking of the future that's always the big question for indiana what does the future hold let's say worst case scenario the hoosiers lose the game on wednesday against Rutgers, they lose on saturday at purdue and they have a first round bow out against whoever they play in the big 10 tournament very likely they would not be going to the NCAA for what would be a seventh, I believe, straight year. Of course, there was the pandemic year in there as well. What should we think if that happens to Woody here in year number one? What should we think about the state of the program? Obviously, it'd be disappointing. You know, Indiana basketball is not known to be out of the tournament for more than two years, I would assume, three years. So for it to be, you know, seven years, like you said, that would be um, – Definitely disappointing, especially with this new hire. Everybody was so high on. Got a lot of transfers, a lot of talent. Um, you know, there's a couple guys not taking the walk tomorrow. Fennessee, um, Xavier Johnson, um, and then a couple guys have chosen. Race Thompson, Parker Stewart. So it would be interesting to see what comes back, who comes back. I think a lot of it does depend on how these last, potentially, last three games go. You know, if they lose all three, I don't see... Um, a couple of these guys coming back. But there are a couple guys, or one guy in particular, I think Trace needs to come back, definitely. He, um, being being how, I guess, small he is, and, um, well, small strength-wise. He's, he's a big guy, but compared to the position he's going to play, I don't think he's ready for the NBA. He needs to, uh, like I said, he can't shoot free throws. He really struggles there. He needs doesn't really much of a jump shot either. Yeah, he needs to develop a jump shot. And I think just he just needs to get stronger. He's not really, like you said, he's not bodying anybody. When he gets the ball down there, he goes to his left hand. He just He's not really putting anybody in his place. So I think that's a place he needs to develop. And then um, uh, Xavier Johnson, I believe he's a senior, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think, obviously, he's not taking the walk, so I would assume he's going to come back, maybe enter, maybe enter the transfer portal. But obviously, he still could come back. But, um, you know, I think if these last three games don't go very well, it's probably not going to look, look very good for some of these guys who, uh, who play a big part in our team this year. Now, a lot of people will say, you know, Indiana fans, they're crazy. They, you know, they're over the top. They demand too much. I, on the other hand, say, is really asking us to make the NCAA tournament as a traditional blue blood asking too much? What are your thoughts on the just the fan base in general? It's, it seems like we can see the ugly side, but for me – I don't. Th- I think the ugly side comes out because I don't think impatience is the is the word anymore. I think it's just why can everyone else is not having these troubles that Indiana's having. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I think um, Hoosier fans should be uh, demanding. I guess should want them to make the tournament. Like you say, they're a blue blood, um, especially this year. You know, you get the coaching hire from somebody who who played at the university, who comes in knowing the system, and uh, he brings in you know what's supposed to be a lethal shooter from Northwestern, um, a top-ranked point guard from Pittsburgh. Um, you get Trace to come back, um, Race Thompson, a very good player, 
And, um, you know, you've got your starting point guard from last year now coming off the bench. So you sh- you've got tremendous talent. And um, to not – with with the talent they have on the team, to not make the tournament is just um, – would be just unbelievable to me. So I think um, it's something I've demanded too all season. Uh, not only to just make the tournament, I think they should be one of the top seeds with the team they have, with the coach they have. Uh, so that's just something I see. Well, after basketball ends, regardless of what happens with the Hoosiers, we will move on to some more spring sports. Specifically, right after that tournament ends, we start. You've probably started to see some of the commercials out there on CBS, a tradition unlike any other. The Masters. Uh, wanted to go ahead and put you on the spot here. Who is your Masters? Give me, give me three guys that are that are your go-to guys here. Maybe not necessarily who you're rooting for, but who you think have the best chance of winning the Masters this year. Well. My guy is Jordan Spieth. He's my favorite guy. So not Jordan Spieth, then, because <laughs> he's, he's not, had a rough couple of years here. Yeah, he's kind. Of, he found his ground. He found his feet last year. Um, he's had. He's played well a little bit this year, but he's already blown a tournament that I feel like he should have won. But if I had to, if I had to bet on three guys, I'd probably definitely take John Rahm. Um, another guy is Justin Thomas. I think he's still waiting to get over the edge there, and then. Give me a give me a third pick as a dark horse. A dark horse, probably Scotty Scheffler. He's in his second year, I think, now on the tour. He played he's played really well last year, but never got over the hump. I think he got over the hump this year for the first time, his first win on tour. Um, he has a great swing, a little awkward swing, a little bit towards the finish, but I think um, he's a great golfer and he could definitely play that course very well with it not being as as tough, I guess, as some of these other major courses. Well, I'm going to hold you to that, and when we get to uh, the Masters, we'll see how your predictions pan out. But that is Will Davis, everybody. He is a, a golf extraordinaire. I'm excited to see what he can do out on the course this year. What is you? What is the um, first meet? Do you have that in your head, first, first golf match? I'm not sure the date. I believe it's the Wednesday we come back from spring break, the first Wednesday of April. And that sounds far away, but it's – it's quickly approaching. It's you, approaching are you going to get yeah. out and play any this week? It's starting to get nice weather. Yeah, I think I might go play today. Oh, well, there you go. Well, I won't. I won't hold you up any longer than that. <coughs> Will, uh, it was always always a pleasure to get to talk some IU basketball. We need to get uh, a podcast here maybe before the end of the year with me, you, and Brady Stanford because yeah, I, I know Brady would love to talk some IU basketball. He he always rants though. He never has anything nice to say. Yeah, Brady Brady would definitely have a lot to say on IU. Yeah. Well, also, for those that don't know, Elmhurst, that's where Will is committed to. But he's got one more year here with us with the Warriors. And uh, if you see him walking around the halls or if you see him out on the golf course, chat him up about some IU basketball. I'm sure he'd love to talk. Will, thanks so much for joining us today. Yep, thank you. All right, well, that does it for this week's edition of Chit Chat with Corley. Everybody have a great rest of your week. We will see you next time.